Welcome to the Legends of Lanamora podcast. I'm your dungeon master, Nathan. With me this evening, I have Nova. Nova, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes, I would, Nathan. I'm Nova, previously known as Justin from the Legends of Lanamora podcast. I now go by Nova because I am re-identifying myself as a human being. This is my first time broadcasting it, I guess, to the people outside of Novi Studios. Yeah, you know, the, the human experience is something that's different for everyone, and everyone has their own journey, and uh, Nova, we love you, and we are here to stand by you in your journey, and uh, we're excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Nathan. I'm excited to be on the podcast. But uh, uh, real quick, I wanted to mention that in Legends of Lanamora Season 1, Episode 0, I had mentioned that Saf was an extension of myself. And ever since that point, I've kind of questioned who I was as a person. Not just mentality-wise, but in a broader sense, but also in more of a metaphysical sense. I mentioned in that episode that I didn't always feel comfortable identifying as one gender. So I'm finally starting to come to terms with that. Well, like I said before, you know, with journeys and everything, everyone goes at their own pace. Everyone goes at their own speed. And, you know, it's a, it's a brave thing to analyze yourself and figure out who you are deep down. You know, it's, it's not something that a lot of people like to do. It's a lot of it's something that a lot of people don't like to come to terms with. So it's very brave to simply do that and turn your your gaze inwards and see. Uh, as you continue on this journey, you know, more stuff will unfold. And that's good. That's important. It's growth. I mean, you can't you can't grow by staying in one spot. And this is all part of your journey. And we are thrilled that you are who you are and that you are starting to get a clearer picture of who you are. And that's the most important thing. I felt like I was standing still for far too long and just kind of accepting things as they were and not being able to make changes that would be meaningful to me in any way. So I felt stuck and I felt caged and now that I'm finally coming to terms with this progression towards this journey, I feel a little more free and a little more excited, I guess you would say, about the future prospects. Yes, I understand that. And I will remind you that um, when you were coming up with the character of Saf how excited you were to play her and something told me that it wasn't just being able to play a four foot nothing artificer i felt like there was maybe something a little deeper there because of the depth of your excitement and so you know being able to explore your feelings on gender yours specifically um through D, you know is a is an exciting thing and i mean to, uh, you you might have yeah, i think you definitely would have these thoughts had you not started playing D, &D but you know it felt like therapy to me like dungeons dragons and and therapy yeah who needs um, a therapist when you have a dm right exactly <laughs> exactly um who who therapizes the dm spoiler alert it's another therapist <laughs> And that therapist has a DM. And that DM has a therapist. And the cycle goes on and on. Yep. But it was ever since I started playing Saf that it kind of snowballed in my mind that this was the direction that I was heading in. So yeah, Nova. I know Justin used he, him pronouns. Nova, do you use different pronouns? I do. I am currently using they, them pronouns. Welcome, Nova. We're, we're happy to have you here, and we are going to be doing a special episode this evening. Special! Woo! 
tonight we're going to explore a little bit more of Saf's story. We're, we're uh, focusing in on Saf this week um, because we have a wacky recording schedule right now. We, we've got a lot of life happening all around us. You know, we're um, ramping up things with Novi Studios itself. Last week we had episode zero of City and Snow come out our sibling podcast and next week be sure to tune in on their channel are they wait is it a separate thing do you have to like subscribe to city and snow so there is a legends of lanamora podcast channel through the hosting site that we use now there is also going to be a city and snow podcast channel on that same site so it's not like you have to buy a new subscription or anything it's just like a click of a button yeah so what you're saying is if i want to listen to city and snow and get notified when there are new episodes i've got to go into my podcast app and search for city and snow c-i-t-y-i-n-s-n-o-w find it and subscribe to it follow it do whatever you do on your podcast app and you got it well also you could just go to www.novistudio.io and follow the links there that might be easier it's true. So yeah, this is uh, going to be a little uh, one, one-shot one episode that we're doing uh, while we work on getting back into a regular uh, recording schedule. We apologize, this is not a full episode. We don't have the full crew here. It's just uh, myself and Nova today. But we're going to be back in two weeks' time with episode four of season two of the Legends of Blanamore podcast. You can call this episode 3.5 for all you... 3.5 D&D fans out there. Oh my. Please no math. So, Saf, you are on the Wish Fulfilled. You are on your way to the Circle of All with Agamir, Drew, Scar, the rest of the crew. Sokoba is with you and Karen is, uh, is with you as well. I believe you took Talurth. Um, If I remember correctly, Talurth was going... To Earth's going to the Harbor Coast with Agamir. Yeah. So he's on the ship. That's why I'm Okay. So oh, yeah. Okay. So Earth is on the ship, but he's going with Agamir to the Harbor Coast. Anyway, so you've got some of the Knights of Halartha on the ship with you. One day uh, a few hours after sunrise, um, Karen comes up to you and he says, uh hey, um Sa- Saf, uh I know that Okay, so you might have forgotten about this, but okay, I found these when we were uh, on the Bulwark Isles, remember? When we were working on um, Andy? Is that what you, you're calling your suit, Andy? Yep, Andy. Um, so you remember that I found all of these um, orbs, right? And he holds two handfuls of, they look like glass orbs. You remember I found these when we were on the Bulwark Isles and I had no clue what they were, but they, they, they were, you know, in at the bottom of one of those bins with all the the energy stones. Out of character question, did Karen actually show these to me no. then or no? He, he showed these to you at some point during the six months between the end of season one and the beginning of season two. Okay. He didn't do it on screen, quote unquote. Okay. <laughs> did I kind of like brush it off or... or what or well because well i mean you tell me did you brush them off um he says do you remember these and he said i didn't know what they were so i mean it kind of stands to reason that if you didn't know what they were you wouldn't really be very interested in them i feel like if i didn't know what they were i would have been interested in them though can you describe these orbs a little bit the orbs themselves that they they look like they're made of glass and you they're about the size of they're a little bit bigger than a cherry but not quite as big as a lime mm-hmm. and if you hold them in the light one way they're completely clear but if you turn r- turn and rotate them ever so slightly you can see that there are lines of light that look like they're kind of embedded inside of the orb itself okay uh back in character yeah karen did you ever get to figure out what these what these were did they ever did any of our our readings ever indicate what these might have been um well uh, no they didn't but once you got auntie up and running i 
was I, I had one of these out and well do you do you have the suit around here somewhere? Yeah. Um can we say that we're like below deck uh in like a cabin ish kinda area or do, or somewhere else? Yeah, you're in um Agamir set aside um quarters for each of uh it was, you know, two of you to a space. So you've got a, a space that you sk- share with whoever, probably not Karen, because he's like the nerd and y'all don't like him would the individual be Sokoba or are we not at that point in our relationship I don't think that you all have gotten quite that far yet you yeah I don't uh, if you have gotten that far I don't know if you're keep taking it public yet let's say okay so she wants to keep it on the DL uh that yeah that's kind of the 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 vibe that you're getting she wants to keep a professional demeanor with everyone else okay so uh yeah i've got it right here and i toss a couple books to the side of my bed hammock whatever and i pull the exo backpack out and i hold it in front of myself and i go yeah what do you what do you need so as soon as you hold the exo out in front of you all of the orbs um, where they were crystalline and they were in like that glass orb state, uh, all of a sudden you can see all of the colored lights turn towards the EXO. And you can see the colored lights now. And Karen says, yeah, they did that for me too. Um, so I did a little bit of research, um, and I hope that you don't mind, but I, um, I, I, I made one of these. Um, and he holds out uh, a small device in his hand. It looks like some sort of artificer's tool. It looks like a mini version of the um, the energy stone appraiser that you mm-hmm. saw in Lux. So those books that we found um, that helped us make the EXO and with, with all those uh, runes and everything, it, it, I was able to make one of these. It uses the same technology that you you made for the EXO, but I I made it so it could plug into uh to to Andy, and well anyway, watch this. And he puts um, one of the orbs in this device, and it just starts spinning. And you see now where there were lines of colored light. Now it looks like rings of colored light, and you can hear s- something almost. It's it's like a like, you know, when you've got the radio on and you don't uh, have it on the right station, but you can still kind of hear what's coming through. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like. It's like there's something that's trying to be relayed, but you, you can't quite make it out. You can't hear it. It's like it's not static. It's just there's noise. OK, um, currently my jaw has dropped and I'm kind of like doing a moving the exo backpack away from the the orbs back to the orbs away from the orbs back to the orbs to see them light up and stuff so as you're bringing the backpack closer to this device the message seems to get a little clearer but it's still not able to be discerned you can't really tell what's in it okay let's break out uh let's break out andy then and then i push the button on the backpack to let Andy form themselves outside of, like, as a mechanical construct. Okay. Um, what does Andy look like as a mechanical construct? We haven't seen them like this. Uh, it's basically just, like, you would imagine the EXO itself, when it engulfs myself, Saf, just kind of looks like the Iron Man suit would on Tony Stark. So it just kind of uh, looks the exact same. However, it's just a separate entity from myself. Okay. So it's a a freestanding, basically, suit of armor at this point. Yeah, humanoid suit of armor, kind of. Okay. So Andy uh, uh, is now um, activated, I guess. And they turn their attention to you and say, Greetings, Saf. Hi, Andy. Um, real quick, can you tune into uh, your frequency modulator to see if you can see what kind of wavelengths this is, audio waveforms this is picking up or sending out? 
No audio waveforms detected. No audio waveforms. Okay, uh, try... Can you try touching it? Yes. So Andy reaches out to touch this glass orb, and as they touch it, uh, they kind of touch it with their thumb and forefinger, and as soon as they complete the connection, the orb goes from rings of light spinning in this device that Karen has created to a solid light. And he goes, reading, 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 data acquired. Data? What kind of data? This record is from, from, from Tor. Tor, okay. Go on. Dated to the age of Ilar, the mighty. Okay, what, uh, what, what else does it say, Andy? Please rephrase. Uh, what does, uh, what does the orb say about Ilar the Mighty? Ilar the Mighty. Torin Orc. Very tall. Six foot nine inches tall. Tusks are five inches long. He is scared of birds. Founder of Ilar's birth. Wait, if this dates back to Tor, then how come it indicates the founding of Ilar's birth on Alari? Please rephrase query. Does this orb contain any information about how Ilar the Mighty came to Ilari? Ilar the Mighty arrived on the Wild Continent. That is now Ilari, with many from Tor. They landed in Ilar's birth, or the region that is now called Ilar's birth. There they settled, fleeing the... Redacted. Redacted, Andy? Yes, fleeing the... Redacted. Okay, landed in Ilar's birth... Uh, what, what species, what race was Ilar? Ilar was a torn orc, male, six foot nine inches tall, five inch tusks, afraid of birds. Why was Ilar afraid of birds? Information not available. (laughs) Uh, who put Ilar the Mighty in charge? Ilar the Mighty took charge. How many ages have passed since the age of Ilar the Mighty? 127 ages have elapsed since the time of Ilar the Mighty. Um, out of character, any idea how long an age is considered? So, Saf, you would know that an age, uh, the short, like, in your grade school lessons, you know that the shortest age is, like, a day. Like, when, you know, like, in real life, with that bullshit that happens with, like, three popes at the same time? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like one of those political type uh, situations where it was like, you know, the the age that lasted a day. It was. It's like a hiccup in time. Yeah. Well, no, not a hiccup in time, but it was a day that something big happened, and you know, it needed to be changed immediately. And then everyone didn't like the change, and so they immediately changed it back. And it was like the age of like fluke or something like that. And so that has happened a few times in history where there's been like a one day long or a one week long age the longest age gets up there into like the centuries okay so literally could have been hundreds or thousands of years ago at this point well yeah um each generally the age an age will last about a hundred years. If an age lasts, a, you know, a hundred years, people start getting fidgety and start wanting to change stuff. Okay. You know, it's hard to keep that 
sort of balance for that long with no big, you know, shifts. Mm -hmm. So the events that are happening right now in season two are happening in 624 Age of Peace. Which means that the Age of Peace has lasted for 624 years. Which means that the Age of Peace is one of the longest ages that has happened. If the general rule is they only last about 100 years or so. Uh, okay. So that means we started Season 1 in 623 Age of Peace. You started it in the beginning of the year of 624. This is You're still in 624. Okay. Yeah. The... Into Depths and Darkness campaign took place in 614. And the if you're really digging deep, the Frost Feast Anomaly campaign took place in 596. Age piece. Okay. That's good for the wiki. Perfect. Perfect fodder for the wiki. Did, um, did Ilar the Mighty have any known associates? Ilar the Mighty was a contemporary of Halartha Shadeseeker and Idrindin. I, like, gasp at Idrindin, and I go, what? Idrindin? Who's that? Tell me about Idrindin. What does it have on Idrindin? Records incomplete. Who? Okay. <laughs> Lay it out in simpler terms. Who is Idrindin. Records incomplete. What is Idrindin? Idrindin was a contemporary of Ilar the Mighty. Why did Idrindin come with Ilar the Mighty to Ilar's birth? To escape the redacted. Uh, what does it have on Halartha Shadeseeker? Halartha Shadeseeker was the augur of the prophecy. If my records are correct, there is a university named after Halartha Shadeseeker in Intepa, located on the continent of Ilari. That is correct, Andy. Thank you. Would you like me to update my records? In terms of... Filing this information for future use. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, does it have any information on Zargos? Zargos was Halartha Shadeseeker's companion and a Pegasus. Zargos was among one of the most intelligent creatures of the age. Out of character, just do Pegasus still exist or no? You haven't seen them, but they're, I mean, obviously... They they talk about them. There's rumors that there's one on tour in the um, the wildlife reserve on Selsanthalos. Andy, what is the expected life? What is the life expectancy of a Pegasus? Not enough information. Records incomplete. A Pegasus life expectancy is is unknown. I have not been uploaded with life expectancies of biological creatures. My records are incomplete. I turn to Karen. I go. I ask Karen, do you, is there anything on Pegasus um, life expectancies uh, in the archives? I, I mean, a Pegasus lives for a few hundred years, uh, but maybe two or three hundred years, I think. I, I don't know. There's not many of them left. Okay. What... Race or species was Halartha Shadeseeker. Halartha Shadeseeker was an elf. Okay. How long did Halartha live? Halartha lived well into her four hundreds. She died in Ilar's birth at the age of four hundred eighty-six. Four hundred eighty-six. In which age? 486 years of age. Oh, she died at 486, not in the year 486. Correct. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, holy shit. <laughs> um, how long did Ilar the Mighty live for? And where is he buried? Ilar the Mighty lived to 
seventy-four years of age. And where is he buried? Ilar the Mighty is interred in Intepa. Where in Intepa? Records incomplete. Is there like a, a memorial in Intepa? Is that a possibility? There's a memorial to Ilar the Mighty. Yeah, there are a lot of them around. Like, um, he's pretty much the George Washington of Ilari, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, he crossed the Delaware, the Delaware Ocean. Um, to get to JFK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he, uh, but yeah, he's, he's kind of like that folk hero type legend character that, you know, everyone kind of reveres and there are lots of memorials to him around, uh, especially in Entepa, since it is the continent that bears his name. Yeah, uh, but it's known that he is buried in Entepa. It's believed he's buried in Entepa. A lot of people think that that is the case um you know Intepa was created as a borough you know if you look at our fun fact fridays on www.twitter.com you'll see that the boroughs change and shift as um you know the ages pass and so there aren't always 12 boroughs in the time of ilar the mighty amoferic one of the first questions he asked you is how many uh, who sits on the chamber of three remember because there were only three boroughs at the time and there have been up to 76 so intepa wasn't always intepa basically but it was it's always been revered it used to be a part of fellows and then it was transformed into the capital because of that plateau it sits on back into character who uh who sat on the chamber of three please specify the chamber of three of which age the Age of Ilar the Mighty. The Age of Ilar the Mighty, also known as the Age of Legends. The Chamber of Three consisted of Ilar the Mighty, Halartha Shadeseeker, and Idrindin. Was Idrindin a magic user? Records incomplete. Was Idrindin part of the prophecy? Records incomplete. Was it Halartha that saw, foresaw the prophecy? Halartha Shadeseeker was known as the Augur of the Prophecy. Does it have anything about the Amo in there, Andy? Records incomplete. So, um, Saf, real, real quick, um, so, uh, it's Karen. Yeah. He's rubbing his eyes and he's got, um, some of the other stones set out, the, the orbs. So I think I heard on, he puts his ear up to one of the orbs and he says, I think it was, no, no, no this one. And he holds up a, uh, one of the glass orbs and he says, I think this, one, I, th I could have sworn that I heard something about Amo on this one. Okay, let's try that one, Karen. Andy, um, relinquish that orb and try holding this one. Would you like me to download these, this information into my data banks? User, Saf. Yes, please, Andy. Downloading. Downloading. Estimated time of completion, 72 hours. Oh my god. 40 hours. 2 minutes. 40 minutes. 30 seconds. Download complete. Download complete. Okay, so I hand Andy the new orb. Reading. 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 This contains records on the Amos. Would you like to continue? Yes. Ask a query. Um, how many Amo are there? There were four Amo created. On Ilar's birth, shortly after the Age of Legends ended. Who created the Amo? The Amo were created by the Scriveners and 
the lore keepers. Um, were the Amo created under the supervision of Halartha? Halartha was pivotal in the creation of the Amo. Did she help design the Amo? Not enough information. Did Halartha... Where are the Amo located? Records incomplete. You said that the four Amo were created on Ilar's birth, shortly after the Age of Legends ended, which the Age of Legends consisted of the Age of Ilar the Mighty himself? Correct. The Age of Legends ended upon Ilar the Mighty's death. What was the following age? The age following the Age of Legends is known as the Age of the Shield. How many were in the chamber during the Age of the Shield? There was a chamber of three during the time of the Age of the Shield. And who sat on that chamber of three? The chamber of three at the time of the beginning of the Age of the Shield consisted of Halartha Shadeseeker, Rathar Leafwalker, and Azhug the Lesser. Who was Azhug the Lesser? Azhug the Lesser was Ilar the Mighty's general. Any relation? Records incomplete. Who was Weather Leafwalker? Rathar Leafwalker was a halfling lorekeeper. How many ages did Halartha live through? Halartha died shortly into the Age of the Shield. Halartha Shadeseeker lived through four ages. How did Halartha die? Records incomplete. Why was Halartha buried on the Bulwark Isles? Records incomplete. It is unknown where Halartha Shadeseeker is buried. Out of character. Wasn't that Halartha that we were... Yeah, it was Halartha. So... So Andy's... Keep saying the records are incomplete. She doesn't have all of the data that we have. Because we aren't able to give her all of the experiences that we've lived through. So... Um, I mean, I wasn't there when you all found Halartha's tomb. Um, so uh, I, 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 I guess these, these orbs don't have any, any record of it. They, they must have wanted to, to scrub that information. I mean, it, it, it keeps with, you know, keeping the prophecy safe and out of the hands of those that would do ill will, right? Makes sense. Maybe there was also foul play here, though. Well, I mean, I don't think it would be foul play because didn't Halartha's tomb contain one of the keys you needed to find Amo Ferric? That is correct. But who left her there? Well, it was a tomb, wasn't it? I mean, I've, I've seen it. I mean, I wasn't there when you found it, but I've seen it. it but somebody it, would have built it for her. Somebody would have built that gigantic cavern for Amo Ferric to stay in. Well, who built the these ruins? Or they weren't ruins at the time. They were buildings at some point. Um, Andy? Yes. User, Karen. Um, do you uh, do, do you know who who built the the Bulwark Isles? Who Who ordered that? The Bulwark Isles were commissioned by Halartha Shadeseeker. Uh, okay, and do you have record of when Halartha um, had her, her prophecy, her, her vision, or, or whatever? Halartha Shadeseeker had her prophetic vision and kicked off the Age of the Shield. Okay, so... Walk through it with me. Okay, so Ilar the Mighty and, and everyone from Tor landed in Il what, what would become Ilar's birth, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bulwark Isles are very close to Ilar's birth, but not so close that 
you just go there for a vacation, I guess. I mean, you still need to charter a ship and everything, so... Um... Uh, Andy? Yes. Do you, do you have any uh, records on uses for the Bulwark Isles other than uh, creating the Amo? There are no records indicating any other use. Okay. Would it stand to reason that Halartha... Question, Andy. How did Ilar the Mighty die? Records incomplete. Uh-huh. So, Karen, would it stand to reason that if she had her vision when Ilar had died, kicking off the Age of the Shield, that she was trying to protect us from something else? Well, I mean, she wanted to, to guard against the prophecy, right? That's what the, the writing said. But what is this redacted? What could that be? Well, I mean... That maybe that would have something to do with the prophecy. I mean, maybe. I don't... I, I mean, we'd have to dig further back, I guess. I mean, we could check all of these orbs. How much... How much information can Andy hold? Andy? My databanks are at... Point... Zero, 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 one capacity. Yeah, I put in a lot of memory. Ah, well, that's that's good. Um, Andy, how much how much space would this um, the the information on this orb take up? Point zero 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 one percent. Okay. Yeah, a lot of memory. (laughs) You you really uh. You really went for it, huh, Saf? Hey, you know, when, you, when you're when you given the tools, you can't not use them, right? Well, that, so. that, that makes sense. Okay. Um, I mean, I would suggest just loading all of these, downloading all of them. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is your, your, your project, Saf, so, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But, I mean, the more information we have, the better, right? And And these were found with... The energy stones that the Amos use, so it, it must have more information on. It, it has to be more than just the prophecy. It has to be. Yeah. Okay. So, Andy, let's go through and let's download each of these. Downloading. We're not going to do the, the downloading thing for each of them, but you download each of the orbs. All in all, there are just over a dozen. Let's say a baker's dozen of these orbs that uh, Karen had found. Each one is a different color, and each one is uh, loaded into Andy. She ends up with having used 0.001% of her space. So she, she, she got a lot more information, but not, not enough to even get at 1% of her current storage. Because I'm... I don't keep track of y'all's inventories. I'm not going to keep track of your uh, EXO's digital inventory either. So she has all of the information in there now. Okay. You realize that it, it seems like the first orb that you downloaded had information on the, basically the founders of Alari. The second one had information on the Amos because that's the one that Karen had heard. Okay, so now that we have everything downloaded, first question... Who made these orbs? These orbs are Scrivener's orbs. Made by the Scriveners. During the time of Hilartha? Yes. Okay, uh, is there any other information on Hilartha from any of the other orbs? Records incomplete. Is there any other information about Ilar the Mighty on any of these other orbs? Records incomplete. So, no information on how Ilar died? No. No record of cause of death for Ilar the Mighty. What about information on Idrindon? May I speak candidly with you, user Saf? Yes? It seems like someone doesn't want you to know anything about Idrindon. Why do you say that, Andy? These records seem to have been scrubbed. There are telltale signs of information being there. 
and the information being deleted. Is there any way to recover this information? Not that I'm aware of. No kind of programming that we can develop, maybe. May I make a suggestion? Yes. Can you get a hold of a Scrivener? Hey, Karen, can we get a hold of a Scrivener? Uh, a, a Scrivener? They've, they've been extinct for d millennia. We don't... Do what became... What, the, the Scriveners became the artificers. The, it's ancient technology. Ancient, ancient technology. Uh, th there are some things you do that have, you know, origins with, with the Scriveners as, as an artificer, but the... the uh, no, no one. I, I, I mean, it, it's um, it's old, old language. It's the old magics, the old rune writing. Everything that they did is what we've built on to get to the advancements that we've made so far. There's, uh, I, I, I. Let me let me put it this way: if, if everything broke down and there were no longer any artificers. Everything broke down, and we had to redo what the Scriveners did. I don't think we'd be able to do it. <laughs> do you think there are any artificers that would be able to make heads or tails of any of this that are alive? Are you asking Karen or Andy? Karen. I mean, I don't know about any artificers. I, I don't really know much about them, but I mean, there are some lore keepers that might have information. But I mean, with the Order of Alteration, we don't know who to trust. And who is and is not a part of it. I have two suggestions that I don't think you're going to like. Um, I'm not going back to the archives. There, there's no way. I'm not going to ask you to go back to the archives. But if we go to the archives, we can hook Andy up to their internal systems. And they can try and download all of the information that they have in their archives. I don't know how you would do that. I mean, Andy was able to get this information so quickly because of the Scrivener's orbs. This, the, in, in the archives, it's all just books. Andy would have to read thousands upon thousands of books and scrolls to get any sort of information. Is there any sort of hub that is at the university that we might be able to utilize? I mean, you you would know as as well as I I would. I mean, it it's it's all written. This this is we do, we don't have technology like this anymore, or the means to make it. And he's holding up one of the Scrivener's orbs. Mm-hmm. Andy. Do any of the other orbs say why Ilar was scared of birds? Records incomplete. Incomplete or scrubbed? Records incomplete. Who would have... So it would have been the Scriveners that scrubbed records of Idrindon, is what you're saying. Talking to Karen or Andy? I'm kind of looking at both of them. I... I mean, I don't... Since we don't know how to replicate the technology, it would have to be a Scrivener that would be able to scrub it, right? Were there any Scriveners that turn into lore keepers? Records indicate that after the exodus to Ilari, some Scriveners joined the ranks of the lore keepers. Would we be able to assume that a lore keeper was the one or the group that wanted to scrub the information about Idrindon? Or is that reaching? Well, we don't... I mean, uh, I mean, you all found the... the two, you all are good at finding tombs. I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> of apparently th those that, you know were people of power. You, I mean, you found the tomb of Idrindon and the tomb of Halarth the Shadeseeker. I mean, two of the original members of the chamber of three here in Alari. So, I mean, I don't know what weird thing that you've got with finding that stuff, but didn't the tomb of Idrindon say something about him being uh, 
It's a spooky guy. I don't remember what he says. Yeah. What you um, told me. I just know that I didn't like it. Andy, did any of the other orbs tell whether or not Idrindon was a magic user? Records incomplete. Do records indicate whether or not there were tension among the three of them? Records indicate the original Chamber of Three was pivotal in saving civilization as we know it. Yeah, but did some of them want more power than others allowed them to have, perhaps? Records incomplete. Hmm. By saving the populace, you are referring to them just colonizing Alari, correct? They fled from the redacted on tour. Correct. Where on tour? Everywhere. Where specifically on tour? Where Ilar, Halartha, and Idrindan from? Records incomplete. May I speak candidly, user Saf? Yes, Andy. Are you searching for... Redacted. Yes. Are you searching for the reason... Redacted. 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 Yes. Confirm. Confirmed. Signs point to Tor. There was... Redacted. In a city on the northern coast. Redacted. Redacted. What was the city's name? Searching. Searching. Elthana stand. Powering down. So Andy says, powering down. And uh, you see Andy's form slump. They straighten back up after a second. Um, after powering down, the blue lights in their eyes start going multicolor. And start to blink and warble. And in the voice that said redacted all those times when there was information that you weren't able to access, that same voice says to you, Be careful not to meddle in the affairs of the past. The die was cast and fates were sealed. Althana's stand was only the beginning. Justice will be served. The die is cast. The die is cast. The die is cast. And then Andy powers down again and stays powered down. And Karen looks at you and says, Well, that's ominous. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Oh, no. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Legends of Lanamora podcast. I hope that you had a great time listening. I hope that my player had a great time playing. And I had a great time DMing. This is a world-building heavy episode, but, you know, we, 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 we got through it. it. It's fun. I'm also excited for you to relay this information to everyone else. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do that at Pod on Twitter. If you want to reach me, you can find me at underscore squid toaster. And Nova, you've got a new Twitter, right? I do have a new Twitter. You can find me at underscore Nova Gamer. Excellent. We also have a website, novistudio.io. We have a ton of cool stuff up there, like an about section where you can get to know us, our seasonal champions, and we've got a merch store as well. There are fun facts about the world, tons of art, and a link to our Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, want to hear more from Novi Studios and our other content? Well, you're in luck, because we have a Patreon. For just a couple bucks a month, you'll have exclusive access to some DM insights and behind the screens. Listen to Nicole and Emily BS and What's What with Dilly and Dally, and even a mini prequel campaign set in the world of Lanamora. If a subscription to our Patreon is too much of a commitment for you, we'd love if you could leave us a quick review on iTunes. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends about us. New episodes come out every other Tuesday, so stay tuned. And don't forget, new episodes of City and Snow come out every other Tuesday as well, but they are on the off Tuesdays that we are. So you get that sweet, sweet Lanamora content every week. And be sure to go and check out City and Snow. They are at City and Snow, I believe. 
on Twitter. Yeah, at City in Snow. At City in Snow. Uh, also be sure to go and check out our studio's Twitter, which is at Novi underscore studio. So yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. Check us out on Twitter. We're also on YouTube and we're on Twitch. Every day of the week, pretty much, we uh, run streams on Twitch. Emily and Nicole are playing Dragon Age Origins. I'm playing through Skyrim. Nova's playing through Vampire the Masquerade. Sometimes we play Minecraft. It's a ton of fun. Go check it out. Anyway, until next time, uh, let's be legends. Let's be legends. Let's be legends. We need a theme song. Uh, We do have a theme song. You're right. It's going to play right now. Bye! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.